And I recognize that when he leaves the inside carcass, he walks on the streets among the common people to tell them the parable of the sower, to tell them how they have to live a life of forgiveness. I'm sure you remember you read that this week in chapter 18 of Matthew. I was in your midst one day while I was working and I was preaching and somebody was in the meeting who had issue of blood. She bled every day. I remember that day that um, I was speaking on the sovereignty of Christ. Let your master volume go down a bit, please. And when I walked towards where she was as I stood, something came out of my body like, a, like an electric spark. And we all saw the emission white. And we had the spark. And she slumped to the ground. We didn't know her case. She is from one of the very influential families in Nigeria. This woman has suffered from issue of blood from the time she started to menstruate. And she bled every day. And the woman has suffered in the hands of physicians who have used her for experiments. She has suffered in the hands of, you know, uh, people who have, who have told her there are some devils and she needed some deliverance. She's done several deliverances. And to the place where she decided not to go to any church anymore. She said all churches are liars. So when her brother came across Christ with Tabernacle one meeting and said to the sister, this is a different place. They are not like the places you have been. After a lot of pressure, she decided to come. And on that day, she was on the floor for another 45 minutes round about I was preaching. My message that day was that man Jesus. And when we closed, she was still on the floor. When she opened her eyes, she came up and stood up and she staggered and she went to the toilet. While she was sitting before the message, she had gone to the toilet to look at her pad. Her pad was half soaked. And she said, another 30 minutes, she will have to go and change the pad because her bag is full of pads. She doesn't have anything in her bag than pads. And so, amazingly, what Jesus did that day was she discovered that the blood that she saw in the pad had disappeared. And she discovered that the pad is like brand new pad. She was dazed. She took the pad and ran out with it and said, I am healed. I am healed. And they have to caution her that <laughs> though the, many of the judges got only also are leaders and the rest were there. She screamed. And she was telling us that, look, I saw this pad. It was half soaked. And 30 minutes time, I thought I would go and change it. But that 30 minutes never came. Because Jesus arrived before the 30 minutes. He will visit you in this minute today. Jesus Christ of Nazareth will visit you this minute today. Those who are watching me on television or you are watching me on the, on the, on the internet, let me say something to you. The word you are about to hear today, it will transform your life completely forevermore. Amen. Satan has no power at all over those who are in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter, one, chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 tells us 
the limit and jurisdiction of the power of Satan. Today, my topic is purpose-driven church. And so that scripture tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 4, it tells us that as for you, you were dead in your transgressions in which you, you, in the sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So anybody who is not disobedient, this spirit cannot work in them. Do you agree with me? Say amen. amen. Then the next verse says, all of us also lived among them at one time before. We used to be part of them. Gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following his desires and thoughts. So Satan controlled our desire in those days. He controlled our emotion. He controlled our soul in those days before we were born again. But he says, like the rest, we were by nature object of rot. So we were by nature object of rot at that time. I would together now. I'm trying to lay the foundation of my case this morning. All right? Now, let's move a little further. I'm saying to you that Satan does not have power because Jesus limited his power. And his jurisdiction is only over those who are not under the blood of the Lamb. All right? So this one tells you that he has power over those who are in the world. He can make them do what they don't want to do and stuff like that. But let me say something to you. Look at yourself. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 13 to verse 14. Very quickly please. It says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son whom he loves. God is the one they are talking about. Rescued you and I who are believers in Christ from the dominion. That is the chapter to Ephesians 1 to 4, uh, 1 to 3. That's the dominion of darkness. He now translated us into the kingdom. Kingdom is different from dominion. I was teaching you about the word kingdom as, and dominion as per law. He's talking about jurisdiction, different jurisdiction. He's talking about a, a minor jurisdiction, which is dominion, and a, a superior jurisdiction, maybe a primary jurisdiction or a, and a secondary jurisdiction. The primary jurisdiction determines for secondary. So the kingdom of God is primary, and that is a higher jurisdiction. The, the dominion of Satan is not a kingdom. It is a dominion. It is a subsidiary. So... Any decision made in hell have no power over those who are in kingdom because they are astronomically apart. So if someone says that ah, Satan destroy a Christian, Satan kill a Christian, Satan is a lie. He cannot. He can't reach. You know, I feel like saying something, but it's not in English. Do you permit me to say it? Well, look at you. You are not talking to me. You know, I got provoked when I look at, when I see the scripture and I see how some Christians are perverting it. There is something in my dialect that says, tafa, tafa, konke, tafa, You didn't hear me. Let me say it in English. If a jet carries a bomb and it bombs you here now, you cannot be so angry and you took a bow and arrow because that is what they use in your village to attack people. And you shot a bow and arrow to the jet. 
How many bows and arrows can reach the height of the jet if you shoot it on the planet Earth? On the ground. It's impossible. Because the height jet is flying is astronomically higher than the, where your arrow can get. So also, the kingdom of hell, of Satan, is limited to this region, Earth. The kingdom of God has his seat in heavens of God. When you get born again, the Bible tells us that you have a seat in the right hand of God. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Alright? And we'll look at that in a minute. So, which means that there is no anger of Satan that can have effect on you. Satan may be angry about you, it doesn't matter. He will just have a headache and then that's all he can do. You recognize the Father and agree with me too that those who are born again are wrapped in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the, the Bible calls you the righteousness of God. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encounter around those who fear the Lord to do what? To protect them. Those are free benefits for those who fear God. I would together now. So anything that happens to you is not the devil, it is God. You know, I'm having this, uh, what do you call hay fever or whatever? They call it a fever. Yeah, I mean, it's not devil who made me have a fever. I maybe you know, I, I live in a place that is forest. All around me is forest. I came out pulling. I came out from my house and then I saw the whole of the cars have been coated with green grains. You know? So you have this pulling all over the whole place. But unfortunately too, I have not taken precautions by drinking a lot of barley grass so that my immune system is strong. So when the pulling came, I am not a young man too much now. I, <laughs> the older you get, the less uh, you know immunity you have. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. So the, the, the fever began to hear and the hay fever. There is no problem about that. No one can say you bind the spirit of hay fever. It's not a spirit. It is for the physical body. Can I pray against it? Yes, and I have. And that's the reason why it cannot be very intensive in my body. You must know this as a child of God. Whatever happens to you is not devil, it's God. Because nothing can happen to you without God permitting it. I will together now. So whether that is good or bad, let me say this to you. Bible did not promise you that when you are born again, then you live, you won't have problems. Really, Bible says to you that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But it didn't stop there. I said the Lord will take them through all. He will not allow their bones to be broken. In this world, we will go through many troubles. Jesus said, said, but rejoice because I have overcome the world. So if Jesus has overcome the world, the world cannot overcome you. He that is born of God overcomes the world. This is our victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I will together now. Now, I want to help you understand this. I know that many of you do, but I want to call your mind back to the reality of what the Bible is. Let the Bible be true. Let every man be a liar. Anything anybody preaches that is not written is of the devil. Okay? Because I want to take you into a realm today that will set you free forever. Alright? Now, let us look at also that Ephesians chapter chapter, uh, 26. Shall we read, read this together? Read in the cathedral way. Celebrate it. I 
Can God raise? So if you are raised up with Christ and seated with Christ, how can Satan destroy you? Impossible. He will have to open God, find Jesus, and open Jesus before he can touch a Christian. Are we together now? So I, wonder, I must never hear in the mouth of any Christian, Satan did this. Once you are born again, Satan closes chapter. He has nothing he can do with you anymore. Anything that happened to you, think back. Either God is teaching you a lesson, He wants you to learn something, maybe it's your mistake, maybe it is just God who caused it. The boy who was blind and was brought to Jesus, he was born without eyes. And they were asking that, is he his father who sinned or the mother? Jesus said, neither of them sinned. Because you people are used to believing that every bad thing is because of the sin of the God generation. It's not the sin of generation. He said, God made this boy like that so that God can be glorified. For you, your trials and your travail will glorify God. That is your portion. Are we together? The Bible didn't say we will not fight in the world. We will fight. But it said that praise be to God who always gives us victory. So we are here to fight. Look at the last uh, uh, reference before we go to the purpose. Now, the book of Luke chapter 10. Look at verse... 18. Shall we read it together, please? About Satan. Who is that he? Say it loud. Say it again. Then read it on. Yes. I saw Satan what? And then what did he say in the next verse? Give me the King James Version and let's read it in King James Version. Read it loud. to not forget the word by any means. Whether they make, they carry padlock and lock you there, you are unlockable. Whether they take um, a nail and go to the tree and lock, they call your name two million times and lock it there. They just wasting their life and time and saliva. If God have mercy on them, he will not destroy them while they are doing it. The one God will not destroy while he's doing it is because God knows that that is the one who will still accept Jesus eventually. Anybody call your name in Ouija board nonsense. You don't, you don't need to pray about those things. Because the Bible tells you that inside you as a believer is all the power God has. Alright? And that power has jurisdiction over all the enemies. Okay? The power of a believer has a jurisdiction over all the enemies. But what wrong doctrine does is that it paralyzes your mind so that you cannot recognize you have such power. And so the Bible says that it's an evil that I've seen, an error that proceeds from a prince. It says that uh, uh, slaves are riding on horseback while the princes are walking barefooted. If there is somebody listening to me today, since you are born again, today it shall come to an end. Yeah. Satan doesn't want you to know what is inside you. 
Now, why am I saying all these things to you? Because I want to take you to a deeper realm. You know, many people always believe that when you have misfortune, you cannot succeed in life. You are struggling with success, struggling with marriage, struggling with uh, education, struggling with career, struggling in business. They will soon tell you that there are some devils somewhere that is trying to hinder you, isn't it? That is what many people say. But the Bible didn't tell me so. Let me help you understand what hindered many people. The purpose-driven church. Now, there are many people who wake up daily. And they wake up without a purpose. And they, they come into a cycle of routine. Their routine is that they wake up in the morning, go to work, come back and sleep. Next day, they wake up and go to work and come back and sleep. A life without a purpose, we end up being frustrated. You have that, you will have that bulletin next Sunday fully. A life without a purpose is a life that is frustrated. Write this down. Every day you need to ask yourself some questions. Four. In my own understanding. The first one is this. Why am I alive today? Whenever you wake up as a Christian, you ask yourself, why am I alive today? And you can have the answer straight away. God has spared me one more day. That is the answer. Why am I alive today? It is because God woke you up. The Bible says when we sleep, we go into our graves and God blew the breath upon us and we come back again. So, why am I alive today? You must address your day with that question. And it's because God has spared you one more day. Second question, what is my purpose for living? What is my purpose for living? You must have a purpose for living. I will help you understand the word purpose. Because the word purpose is what I want to really explain today. And tomorrow is uh, the leadership meeting. Those of you who are business guys, don't miss tomorrow because I have been fully trained to help your business. All right? But tomorrow I'll be talking deeper on, you know, other things about strategy and stuff like that related to purpose and vision. For all of you, come. Don't miss it. If you know what I'm teaching you today, you will easily rise in your, in your, in your company. You will rise to the top quite, quite easily. I just told them in, 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 in New Cross, you know, if what the knowledge God is giving us today in CFT, we had it when we started CFT, I think I'll be a chief judge in, in England. And I believe very much that most of my leaders will be members of parliament. We will have flooded the members of... Those who have companies among us will have had PLCs. But you see, that knowledge God kept it for us. Though we followed God and preached, but we don't have the understanding we have today. Because the word of God is unfolding in knowledge. It increases in, in revelation. So I vow to heaven that the rest of my life, I will make great people on earth. People who will fulfill dreams and visions. People that myth cannot hold bound. Alright? People whose prayer will change. Your prayer will not be demon anymore. It will be love for Jesus Christ. Your prayer will be love for God. Your prayer will be thanking God on a daily basis when you wake up. Because all the lies they have lied against the devil, that people perpetrate and, and raise prayer points from it, and they lock Christians up in praying aimlessly. God opened my eyes to see. A life without a purpose is a life that is frustrated. Because 
Purpose is the driver to vision. Write that down. Purpose is the driver to vision. So you have the first question, why am I I alive today? The second question, what is my purpose for living? You must find your purpose for living. The third question, what are the tasks before me today? That is, I should try to look for your, 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 your sense of purpose. Okay? You want to check what are the things you intend to do today. What are your plans today? You are going to work here. What again are you doing? Alright? What are my plans for today? And the last question is, are my plans today in line with my long-term goal? Or in line with God's will? Everything you do daily, if you cannot align it with your long-term goal, you will live a life of cycle that will end up in frustration. Because you will have done many things with your useful life that is not relevant to what you intend to become. Excuse me, somebody. If you want to become a carpenter, and you got a job as a mechanic technician, no matter how long you practice a mechanic technicianship, you will never know how to use hammer. I would get that. Somebody wants to become a medical doctor. All right? And you are in school now. And you gather around you and start doing sociology and arts and, um, you know, um, uh, history. And you expect to do that and get out of the university and study medicine or study engineering. You will recognize when you have your A-levels. Your A-level is not relevant to your aim. So therefore, you must ask yourself daily, what I'm doing today, is it in line with my five-year plan where I want to be, or is it in line with ten years' time that where I want to be? <coughs> and as a believer, you need to also identify, is those things I do today in line with God's purpose? Are we together now? Why should you examine your life like that? The reason why you should examine your life like that is because a life without a purpose is a life that lacks drive for vision. Because purpose is defined as the intent that leads to an act. Purpose is defined as the driver of your vision. So, which means that purpose, therefore, can be defined some of that time or applied to be vision and behavior. Because the way you act ensues from your intention of what you want to become. Are we together now? So, what I do today, if I just live my life, just do anything, just live my life, wake up and sleep... I will wake up one day and I have gray hair. Where I will say I have no pleasure in all those things. And what happens to people of gray hair like that is just accept whatever the state gives them. You are not supposed to accept what the state gives you. You are supposed to dictate what you earn when you grow old. And you begin that from now. Okay? What are the advantages of purpose in life? Let me give you just three advantages. 
A life without, write this down. I will call this driver motors. A life without a goal is an aimless life. You wake up every day, you don't have a goal, you are, you are aimless. Alright? Number two, a life without a purpose is an unfulfilled life. A life without a purpose is an unfulfilled life. <clears throat> and a life, number three, a life without daily self-examination is a frustrated life. Now ask yourself today, and between today and next Sunday, you must come back to me. What is your purpose in life? Go find it out. Now let me help you understand. In your book I've written, your publication I've written, you know, some definitions of purpose. I don't want to, I don't want to. Okay, let me even take that. Because this is uh, broadcast television globally. What is purpose? As seen by various intellectuals. One of them says that purpose can be defined as the reason behind your action. And I found that to be true. According to the book of First Chronicles chapter 28 verse 9. It says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father, and serve him with wholehearted devotion and a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. So the one who said that purpose is defined as reason behind your action is correct. Because God also calls it the, the motive behind your thoughts. And it says, if you seek him, you will find him. He will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So therefore, purpose can be defined as the reason behind your action. Now, let me tell you the applications of purpose. A husband and a wife must have a purpose for their marriage. You must have an intention for why you married. And you must have a vision in your home. And your vision has to involve you, your wife, and children that will come out from you. Alright? Understand this. The same thing, you cannot run an organization without a purpose. Everybody in the organization must know the purpose of the organization. If you work in an office and you don't know the purpose of your, of your uh, organization, you'll be working tangentially to the purpose and they will soon sack you. But if you understand the purpose and then you align your purpose with the purpose, you will discover that every action that you make will gear towards achieving common goal. So if you are a boss in your office, one of the things that you need to do to help your operation, maybe you have been struggling with some workers, you give them instructions, they will not execute it. You have some workers who will run with the vision. You have some workers who ask several why they should do those things. It's because your purpose is not clear to them. Your purpose must be made clear. It must be transparent. It must be legible. Like your vision is Habakkuk. Make the vision plain. Write it on the tablet so that Herald may run with it. Now, if you have a team of people and you make your purpose clear, that is, we, we want to achieve this and this is our intention. All right? Everybody now, we have to identify 
they have, each one of them have purpose in life. The one who, let me give you a team of, um, you know, let me say, a team of um, uh, a company that is producing um, commodities or something like that. Okay? You have lawyer there, you have uh, marketing, uh, people who did marketing there, you have people who, who did HR, you have people who did, um, you know, salesmanship and all stuff. All of them have various, various fields and skills. But these people have to come together for one common aim. Alright? Which is the purpose of the organization. Now, how can you make all these people work together and be happy? It is by helping them to recognize the purpose of the organization clear. Okay? And also educating them how they can... They, 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 the one who is a lawyer wants to become, you know, a QC. Maybe that's his own aim in life. The one who is a marketing person wants to become a chartered marketer. The one who is an accountant wants to become a fellow in accountancy. But until you help these people to recognize that your skill that you have got, okay, if you can align it with the purpose of the organization, you will achieve your own aim. Because your service in this company as an accountant will be what will amount to make you a fellow in accounting practice. And you who is in marketing, you want to become a fellow in your professional, it is the, your impact in this organization that will bring you into that fellow. And everybody can see themselves that, oh yeah, I have a skill, we have different skills. If we all work towards taking this company from, you know, let's say that it's a hundred million producing company to one billion. Come on, it changes everybody's uh, uh, status quo. So therefore, then they will now work harmoniously. Same thing with church. Same thing with marriage. I will show you in the scripture what I'm telling you in a minute. But you must understand what purpose and the power of purpose. So therefore, when you look at a union, either family union, organization, or, or business union, that is a cooperation or collaboration, you will discover that purpose, therefore, is the foundation behind the existence of any union. Common purpose brings us together here today. And it's in Christ. That's why we are all here today. Husband and wife, common purpose brought them together. That is in the family. Alright? Same thing in your operation, in your companies, wherever you're working. If you identify what your, the purpose of your organization is, you, and then you look at your own purpose in life, any organization that you can't fulfill your purpose, you are not supposed to be there. A computer scientist who is working in a meat shop, a butcher shop, what computer do they need to cut the meat or butcher the animal? Excuse me something. So your purpose can never align with them because, I mean, you will never find anything that will challenge your brain. But you're a computer scientist, you work in the bank. Handle the computer section of it. As revolution is hitting that bank in the area of computer technology, they will, it will be challenging your brain to innovate and stuff like that. Or you work with Microsoft or you work with uh, all these big companies who are computer, computer you know, involved. If you work there, you will find challenges that will challenge your knowledge 
And I will put together all the bits and pieces of knowledge you have to innovate something and create something. So the Bible says two cannot work together unless they agree. You must find the commonality of your purpose. Marriage, organization, and the rest of it. Let me take you a little bit further. I said to you that the purpose, purpose is the driver of vision. And in the book of Proverbs chapter 28, verse 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people what? Perish or cast off restraint. Yes. I have just about 15 minutes more. Let me help you understand purpose more as church people. Look at the book of Genesis chapter 11. I said that purpose is the intention behind your action. The reason why you are doing something, which is the act. You can't do anything without a purpose. You cannot live without a purpose. You cannot sleep and wake up without a purpose. You'll be frustrated in life. And when Christians are frustrated because they are purposeless, they start blaming Satan. You see? That makes them more frustrated. Alright? All the, all the people who teach Christians about devil, devil, devil. Do you know who they are? They are people not sent by God. They are people sent by the devil to paralyze you so that you will not know the potential of God inside you. The day a Christian understands the potential inside him, that day you are free from Satan. It is for freedom. Galatians 5.1 It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You know, I say to you, members of this church, go and bring to me people who have busted and bankrupt and, and destroyed by Satan. Go and get them for me. People who have been going to pay dearly for a liberty which they can never get. Go and bring them. For no cost in this house, they will be free. Yes, somebody paid the price. His name is Jesus. I only need to show you what Jesus has done and help you understand how to enter into it. You enter into it, you will say, oh my God, I don't know that this is how it is. So easy. Jesus paid the price on Calvary. No wonder God sent me from a family that is so complicated. My father was a wizard priest. My mother was a Muslim and a princess of Bethbath. I'm looking for the demon that will bind me. I can't find. Because they are not in England, after I've gone to all the witchcraft covens and destroyed them in Devonshire and Congo, and they could, I went to America, went to the Casadega, the, 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 the land of witches and mediums, and they couldn't do nothing. Went to Africa, all their jungle looking for them. They are running all over the whole place. Someone said it's anointing. No, it is knowledge. I know my God. I know the Bible cannot lie. I want to prove that the Bible is what it says it is. If I'm sick, it has nothing to do with Satan. It has to do with my body. Body can be sick. That's why Jesus died and paid the price for healing. I don't pray for every sickness. Sometimes I let sickness just take its course. Because God created in my body, I'll be doctor, antibodies to fight free radicals. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> and if the antibody in me are not fighting well, then I can kick them with prayer. Empower the antibodies to destroy that stuff and it destroys it. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I had what they call pox, isn't it? It just came up on my body in the morning. And I have a doctor at home. I said, what is this? He said, this is chicken pox. I said, am I chicken? 
Am I checking? He, may, he missed his role because he accepted wrong name from man. They call him chicken pox. He should go to where chicken is. So I cast it to die. Instantly that he showed up. It did not spread. It dried up straight away in 24 hours. I just spoke in tongues. Don't worry. Don't mind this man. Send me to the jungle of Africa. I will soon be going there. All the people who serve Satan and they are lying to them. And people who go to church only to hear about Satan alone. I want to take Jesus to his temple. Come on now. You are born for a reason. Say amen. So therefore, next week I'll be teaching you about more definitions about purpose, but I want to go straight into um, applying that to you, to your context. Look at the book of Genesis chapter, chapter 11 from verse 1. I love it. It says, now the whole world had one language and a common speech, collaborations and cooperation. We'll talk more about that next week. But if you look at the next verse, it says what? As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Sinai and settled there. Third, they said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. That is strategy. They used bricks instead of stone. That is innovation. And tar instead of mortar. We'll look at this as we go. Innovation, you know, a common purpose leads to innovation and creativity. When a husband and wife are united, they will create way to make wealth. They will create many, because there is peace in the house. If Satan is angry with everybody, he can't enter there because the two people are not angry with themselves. Are you with me now? Nobody stick on his own will in a marriage. No, you look for the common interest of one another. If you are not, you are not born again. <laughs> Listen to me. Many people who have been victims of bad marriage, that is what made them victims of bad marriage. Because the man is just going to be doing what he likes and frustrate the woman he begged to marry. He was begging before the woman said yes. Abby, yes, you don't look at me like that. The woman said yes, you brought her home and started to, to behave anyhow. May God forgive you forever. So, I'm talking about common purpose. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, look at these guys. Wherever there is unity, which is cooperation and collaboration, because of a common purpose, there's always innovation. That's why God gives visions and revelation. I tell you this. Look at the next verse. Let me look at their purpose. Then they said, watch this. Come, let us build what? Yes. Okay, let's read that scriptures together, shall we? They said. Let me show you this. They said, come. That is collaboration. Yes? 
That is for the team. Let us what? Build for ourselves a city. That is a vision. Alright? And it says, That reaches to the skies, to the heavens. Well, vision brings forth planning. Isn't it? They have said initially, we will change the method of our building. That is plan. We came from innovation. But now we will build a city, which is fantastic. God loves city built. Even Jesus said, you are a city built on a hill. So God loves cities. But why did God confuse their language? Look at the last part of it. So that we may make name for ourselves. That is purpose. The purpose for which the action, the intent of the action is purpose. The purpose for which they want to build this city is to make name. Self-centeredness, 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 self-centeredness. God destroys decisions when you make out self-centeredness. If a man starts to hide from his wife, or a wife starts to hide from her husband, a plan... With somebody outside, a plan that is supposed to be for common good of the family. God will frustrate, they will dupe you. Then you come back, eh, to this. When you buy land, you didn't let your wife know. God will make sure that the people you will transact with, they will take it from you. That's what has been happening now, isn't it? For those of you who have done it, don't say amen anyway, so that I will know you. <laughs> The intention of your action is the purpose. So what is your purpose in life? What's your purpose? What is the plan in your mind? What is the intention in your mind? You're going to school. If you graduate and then you have a work and you become great and rich, what is your purpose with the money? Do you have a purpose that, Lord, if I'm rich, I will fund the gospel, or if I'm rich, I will help the poor? That is purpose. Your purpose must align with God. You know why God scattered their language? He said here, so that we may make name for ourselves, which is God doesn't like that, and no scatter over the face of the earth. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, let's read what God instructed them. Okay? It says, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth. But they said there, so that we will not fill the earth. We want to stay here, stay in our Jerusalem, so that we will not spread. And God said, fill the earth and subdue it. <coughs> God, because of that, created the whole earth. Can you imagine those people in Katawa, a very small place, all of us would have been there, suffering. All human beings will remain there. And God wanted them to discover Africa with the blue seas of Caribbean, and Asia, all the beauty, glamour, God has created in Babylon and in, in, in uh, uh, Iran. You know, you need to go to that region. Iran, Iraq, they are ancient towns of the Bible. Assyrian government is Iran. Iraq is Babylonian government. Come on now. God wanted them to spread over the whole world. But they said we will not. So then God confused the language. So any time... You cannot align your purpose with the common goal. Intention is frustrated by God. 
That is what I told you about the man doing something, didn't let the wife know, the wife doing something, then God always frustrated. No be so. Not so. Therefore, you must understand that for a team to succeed, every team member must understand the main purpose of the whole organization, which is family or church or business. And therefore, purpose must be defined. It must be plain, legible, plain, and transparent so that everyone can. People who have a common purpose must be allowed to ask questions so that out of a sincere heart, and then whoever is the concern of the main purpose must be willing to say the truth. How many pastors can you ask questions from in, in this world? So when you become a pastor, make sure that your members ask you questions. God even said, you works of my hand. Ask me questions. A church where people are not free to ask questions out of sincere heart from the leadership is not a church. It's a cult. It's a cult. I'm not talking about some who just want to validate even if you ridicule Jesus, he will still answer you. A general overseer that cannot be questioned, I wonder who he oversees. He oversees nothing. Are we together? Because in questioning, then there is dialogue. In dialoguing, there is knowledge. Then there is, you know, innovation. Then creativity will come in. And God will be happy. If you don't think, God cannot give you revelation. Revelation begins by a man decided that this issue in my life, let me think about it. Look at Habakkuk. I will take myself, um, my seat, and I will sit down to ask from God. He wants to question God. And I will wait to hear what he will tell me. So, whenever a man set his heart to gain knowledge... Then God will dialogue with man and give you understanding. And he says, and God replied him and said, Hey, have a cup. Write the vision down and make it plain so that Herod will run. Principle of success in human life, in business life, in church life, in family life. That is it. Plain, plain vision. Everybody understand it. What is the vision of your family? Have you shared it together? Do you understand it? Work on this for seven days. When you see me next Sunday. All of you who work in various teams in church, you want to tell me your vision. What's your vision choir? What's your vision ushers? Get something. Get vision from looking at the pattern of your operations and you will know where it's pointing to. That's your vision. It's very, very easy. Because you are a group of ushers and all stuff like that. Are we together today? How many minutes do I have? Two more minutes. It's too small. But I will stop there. Therefore, does God have a purpose for Christians? Yes. Look at what God says in the book of um, Jeremiah. Chapter 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans 
I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to what? Harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Sit, read it together, shall we? Look, 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 I want to finish here. <laughs> hey. It does not matter if anybody have a contrary plan because their superior is God. The superior of man is God. Superior of Satan is God. Do, why are you worried? People have bad plan about you. Forget it. God has a better plan for you. And God swore by his name. He said, I know my plan. Witches cannot know God's plan because it's in the heart of God. No Satanist can know it. No medium can know it because the plans of God is in his heart. God said to you, I, God, who made you, I have a plan for you. It's not to make you miserable. Anything that makes you miserable cannot come from God. The other come from man or deception of the devil. Man deceive you, Satan deceive you too. Listen to me. We have seen children whose father and mother died when they were young in an accident. And they succeeded in life. One of them had to grow at the age of 11 to go and be picking golf in the golf course. He became a graduate. He sponsored his brothers and sisters. They all became graduates. And they are working as professionals. Come on now. Don't let the devil deceive you that you don't have a helper. Your help is in the Lord. Your help is in the Lord. It's better for God to help you than man to help you. No man can really help you if God did not command their soul to do so. God has a plan for you, man. Now, I've said to you, plan come out of a purpose. You will never have a plan without an intention. Isn't it? So, what is God's purpose? Did God speak about purpose at all? Let's look at the book of Isaiah 14. Look at what it says. In the book of Isaiah 14. Look at verse 24. The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I what? Shall we read it together? Say it again. I don't like the way you are reading I'm going to Ghana, where they will read it heavy for me. If I tell the Ashanti Kotoko to read, they will read the way you are reading. Alright? I will even call you English, because in English people shout when they are going to work. And when they are going to play football. Here we go, here we go. Isn't it? And you are in church. I said read the Bible. I know my plans are you. <laughs> read the scriptures together, shall we? The Lord Almighty has sworn. Surely as I plan it shall be. Okay, now marry that with the book of Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Shall we read together? For I know my plans. In that you can see God's, God's uh, purpose. God's purpose is the future. You will get there. 
I say you will get there. I say you will get there. Look, 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 look. I can preach just on this alone for hours. Because I am happy with God, you know. I'm happy with God. I am looking for someone to disprove God. I can't find. All over the world. I can't find. I went to India. Somebody, I was preaching. People began to bring out occultic things. We took one of their, their stock. We put fire. It didn't burn. We put petrol on it. We burnt it. It refused to burn. <laughs> so, the Indians were standing looking at me that we told you. We told you. To the devil. So, they don't understand that we who are Christians, we talk to the one who created Satan. So, when they tried every fire on leather, it is leather. It didn't burn. They put petrol on the leather and put fire. It didn't burn. Ah! I said, Lord, what is this one? The Lord said, take a, a, ask them for a blade. It will cut in front of blade. I said, get me a blade. He said, it is written. He made fire come out of him and it consumes him. Ezekiel 24. So I opened it with blade and I said, give me matches. As I put the matches, you know what is inside it? Engulfed in fire and it burnt everything to ashes. I said, you and and uh, what is it called now? Yes, I will tell them, Lord. I will tell you now. Let me say this to you. You and poverty, you are separated forever. You and failure, you are separated forever. You and doubt, you are separated forever. It is not your portion. God says, I know the plans I have for you. God has planned for you. And he swore and said, surely as I plan, it shall be. Whatever is happening around your life now, they will come to obey the voice of God over your life. I don't care whether they look good or bad. Ephesians 1.11, he says God is working together for the good of those who love him. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, read it together. For I know, no, 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 28, uh, Romans 8.28. Did you see purpose in that place? You, God has a purpose for you. Now, something about those who God has purpose for. The Bible says God will work. Anything. Because God's intention for you is to prosper you. So, sometimes you fail. God is working prosperity out of it. Okay? You will learn why you fail and you will prosper. Listen to me. Don't let anybody take the devil, use the devil to intimidate you anymore in your life. Whatever happens to you, your life is in his hand. He promised. Faithful is he who promised you. He will what? Deliver. I say he will what? Deliver. Have faith in God and you shall be established. Have faith in his prophet and you will what? Prosper. I bring you the prophetic from God. The way God is thinking about you is what I've shown to you. Don't worry. We will have many troubles in this world. We will have situations of disappointment because we are human. But God says he is working behind all things. Yes? And finally, Ephesians 1.11. He says to you that he is bringing, and to you he is able to bring everything to the conformity. 
We will talk more about this. In him we were also chosen. Hallelujah, somebody. Having been what? Predestined according to what? The plans of him who do what? Say to somebody, everything will work to God's purpose for you. Say it again, everything will work to God's purpose for you. So when you have bad news, don't fear it. There is a God that you serve. There is no bad news before him. He works everything according to his counsel. (laughs) And that is your father. Come on now, stand up together. I will pray with you. Lord, time is the greatest enemy of mortal men. I pray for your people. According to the book of Isaiah 14, you said, Lord, in 24, the Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan it shall be. And I say to them, Everything that God has planned for you shall be. He said, as I purpose, it will stand. The purpose of God for you will stand throughout your life. Uh, In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, you said, to he who who is able to work everything according to the counsel of his will, so it will be. No. Ephesians 1.11 He walks in him. We were chosen. We were also chosen. Having been predestined is our predestination. According to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity. Everything happening around you, in your family, in your home, in your life, in your body, I command them to work for you. They will come in conformity with the plans of God for your life. Your your failures will become obstacle to promotion. Your regrets will be the obstacle to glorification. God will work everything out because you have been chosen. Father, what about if anybody says what I'm saying will not be so? He shall live to see it happen. Those who say that you will not make it, they will be one among those who will come and sit at your table when you made it. Anyone who said, I will hinder you from today, the Lord turns that hindrance into ladder of promotion and increase. Whatever intimidates you, that have made you fear, I paralyze their efforts in the name of Jesus Christ. Faith rises up from within you. Faith rises up from within you. The world you have had today, heal your mortal bodies. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Before you, I stood in this house. Last year, January, I said to you, I see Britain, a nation without a shepherd. I see Britain scattered on the streets. And we have no head any longer. I said, I see a division among the parties. And the division that came together from all the parties fragments have no head. Now, before your eyes is happening in the United Kingdom now, who is our head? For the Lord has said, I see a, a ship without a shepherd, I see the nation scattered. Yesterday we had a one million march. 
telling the parliament that we should withdraw from Brexit. However, we have a parliament confused who do not know what is the solution for the people because the mouth of the Lord spoke it here. You were here when I told you about the next president of Nigeria and the reason why God will put him in that place because at the first time that he was given, the church in Nigeria did not support him and pray for him. And so the wicked one perverted his throne. And the Lord said now he has risen to the prayer of Nigerians and he will be there again. He will give him another three years to rule over the nation. And it was so. Why am I saying that? As you are standing on the same ground when the Spirit of God came upon me and utterances were spoken out of me and those utterances come to pass, receive the same grace in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Bible says that the Lord took from the grace he placed over Moses and he put over the 70 elders and they all prophesied. Jesus said, flesh give back to flesh, spirit give back to spirit. Eyes that see, receive in the name of Jesus. Mind that understand, receive in the name of Jesus. Ears that can hear the audible voice of God, receive in the name of Jesus. Boldness that can Receive in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nothing will be able to overcome you. If any one of you have been struggling with some powers that have been bullying you, we all join together and decree. Against those powers, I command your defeat in the name of Jesus. Say today, you see the end of them in the name of Jesus. For the Bible says, no weapon for the gates will prosper. And every tongue that has against you in judgment shall be condemned. Anyone who does not compromise with God's will for you. I command them to be totally brought down in the name of Jesus Christ. If they are in the place of position, I arrest their heart. I command them to obey God's will. Father, we bless you.